Hi there. Welcome to the It's Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Paige Boner. I'm so excited about this podcast. It's something that I've been thinking about for a really long time. We're going to be having conversations with real people about the hard stuff in life. I'll be challenging my guests to be open and honest and vulnerable about the tough parts of their lives. And I'm hoping that this will lead to growth and bettering our human connection. So join me, learn with me, and grow with me. Welcome to It's Hard. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the It's Hard Podcast. This is episode 10. I'm so excited about this episode, which I think I say that before every episode, but this one has been a while in the making. It is with my friend, Mark Dowdle. I met him back in November where we just randomly started talking and had a great conversation and realized that we thought very similarly, even though we're pretty different people. And so ever since, I've just learned so much from him and our friendship has grown and we have been inspirations to one another and he's been such a great supporter of the podcast. I'm so grateful for him and I think his story is awesome and has so many good nuggets in it that everybody could take something away from it, even if you can't relate directly to his story. He has great mindsets and great practices to be better every day and to grow and learn each and every day. I also want to take this time to tell you guys about Patreon. If you're not somebody who goes all the way to the end of my shows, I've talked about this before um, at the back end of my shows, but I know that usually that's when everybody clicks off. So I thought I'd put it at the front of the show this time. So if you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon powers membership businesses for creators by giving them the tools they need to acquire, manage, and energize their paying patrons. With a subscription-style payment model, fans pay their favorite creators a monthly amount of their choice in exchange for exclusive access, extra content, or a closer look into their creative journey. The model is a win-win. Creators retain creative freedom while gaining the salary they deserve, and fans get to rest easy knowing that their money goes directly towards creating more of what they love. So it's a subscription style. You get to pick a tier, and then you just donate that amount of money um, each month. So I'll put the link in the description box below. I have two loyal patrons. I have Dylan and Carrie. Thank you guys so much for your endless support. Um, I'm so grateful that you're willing to support. It's hard if you feel so inclined to give, um, please go and click the link in my description box, but obviously no pressure either way. It's just an opportunity to support the podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Mark Dowdle and have a great rest of your day. So for the listeners, I'm sitting here with Mark Dowdle and Mark and I met back in October, right? Yeah. Early November, um, at the back pocket party and we kind of talked about that on Austin's podcast, but I don't even know how we always say this. We don't know how it happened, no. how we started talking. I remember you just like kind of walked over by me and my friends and I had kind of known who you were because we went to school together. You're two years older than me, I think. Yes, think so. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but you kind of just were standing there and I just started talking to you and who knows how we started getting on the conversation of like passion and you always like the inner dog inside of you were just like, why do you think that you can do the things that you can do? And, and empathy and just all these different directions that we went in. And it was crazy. I mean, we ended up in this like super intense conversation for probably close to an hour. And that was just, I, I think what initially kicked it off is, you asked me, it was just like the normal greeting of a conversation. You asked me like how I was doing. And I was like, I was talking to Declan earlier the, in the day about the inner dog. 
and I was like, okay, do you like, do you really want to know or do you want the generic answer? And you're like, no, I really want to know. And I think that's what really snowballed it is like, you took the interest and were like, no, tell me. Like, yeah. So. Like, I want to know actually how yeah. you are. Yeah. Yeah. Which is definitely, I mean, we talked about that that day too, is like, that is something that our society in general, it's like when you say, how are you? And then you're walking past someone and you're like, oh, hey, Mark, how are you? Yeah. Do you say, well, let me tell yeah, you about yeah. all the stuff that's going on in my life and everything that's happening. Or do you just do the generic like, I'm good, you know, just working and chilling. So that was the coolest thing was that when we did have that conversation, then we just jumped into so many different aspects. And I thought the biggest thing was that idea that you talked about with like the inner dog or whatever it is that do you want to explain that a little bit because I think that's so interesting yeah um I think there's a lot of ways for it to be expressed um for me it was in sports a lot and that's what I was referencing it towards because we were having a difficult time with some of the players and having attention to um, detail and focus and energy toward like performing their ability to the best of their um, performing their responsibility to the best of their ability and it was like why do some guys prepare harder and longer and come to practice with a certain mindset opposed to other guys who for lack of a better term just walk through the motions mm -hmm. um, and it just goes back to like there's something inside those people that make those people tick whether it's to the classroom or like what you're doing right now with your podcast, just like something, there's a switch that's flipped and it's, tr it's trying to get down to the root of what that is. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I don't know if there's an answer for it, but talking to people and getting under understanding of what makes people tick is so interesting. Yeah. Because everybody's so different and their strengths are in so many different areas. But that's what we kind of had talked about was why do I think that I can start a podcast? Why do you think that you can, you know, run all these marathons right. and do all these things? Right. Like, what is it inside of us that makes us believe that we have that? Right. And that people will listen to us. Because that takes an amount of confidence to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to put myself out here in the world and do this. But what is it that is inside of us that creates that? It's just so interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a question that I'm just going to have to keep searching out. Mm -hmm. If anyone has an answer, let us know. Because we're looking for it. Um, this podcast has been a while in the making, I feel like, because yeah. that first night I met you, I told you I was going to start a podcast, but I hadn't started it yet. And I think I was still a little bit just like apprehensive and nervous about it. I had my name, I think. I told you my name. Yeah, you did. You did. And, and you had the design of how you wanted to look, too. Oh, yeah. I did yeah. have the logo, yeah. didn't I? Yeah, because I had yeah. just met up with the back pocket guys like a couple weeks before right. that. And so then I remember you being like, just do it. Like, what are you doing? Just go for yeah. it. It's not going to be perfect at first. Like, just do it. Who cares? And I think pretty quick after that, it was like two weeks after that, that I, I went and I launched it. And I was like, I need to have you on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so bad. And here we are, 10th episode, and you're finally here. Yeah, you're so, killing it. Really? You're doing it. Oh, thank you. I'm really, I'm enjoying it. It's been, 
a lot more than like I anticipated a lot like it's been reciprocated better than I was anticipating I think like right away has it gotten any easier yes right (laughs) yeah after that initial jump into it yeah yeah that was so scary in the first episode thank god it was with my parents I was so nervous (laughs) I was like what do I say to these people um so yeah it's definitely gotten better but I vividly remember you being one of the people too that really encouraged me to do that which is super exciting so I'm glad you're here I'm yeah. a, I was a little nervous about this one though because I was like this has been kind of hyped up for yeah a while. yeah so it's no, I'm happy good. to be here thank you yeah you're welcome so you know my questions um because I sent them to you but you also have listened so we're gonna just jump right in with what does vulnerability mean to you Mark so vulnerability to me it lives within the middle ground. And what I mean by that is, you know, you have this place of of downfall and pain and you have this person that you wanna become. It really lives within, in between the both of those. And I think for me, it's, it's kind of ironic that I'm drawn to these endurance, long distance sports because you have this starting line And you have this finish line and you have a whole bunch of miles in between to have a bunch of lessons be learned. You're going through ups and downs and you're just trying to figure it out on on the go. Um, And just as like for me, not many normal people living comfortable lifestyles toe the line for a race that's 30, 40, 50, 100 miles. Like there's a lot of pain in that starting line. And just like in life, it's a good depiction for me of like when you go through those downfalls, it comes from a place of pain. And you're on this journey to get to the finish line or whatever your goal is, um, just like it is in life of this person you're trying to become. And I thought, you know, I responded to your post today Mm -hmm. and Austin had one up the other day um about and it talks about the this is tying in the middle ground area of when you're on that journey and you get halfway or you get a certain distance in and then you have an opportunity to reflect back and one of the posts was if it kind of begs the question that if you look back and you're not slightly embarrassed or slightly angsty or um, you feel uncomfortable about the decisions that you m- used to make um, that you're no longer making. If you don't feel those feelings, then are you really growing? Hmm. Um, and to me, that spoke volumes to me because that's to me where the vulnerability lives because it can leave a person feeling lost. Um, I know it does for me. And you're kind of toying with the separation of self of who you started the process as and who you're trying to become. And you kind of have foot in in both doors because you're still making mistakes. Mm -hmm. You're still going through that process of trying to become better than you were the day before. Um, And so for me, that's where it lives. Um, And then kind of transitioning to what your second question was about those downfalls and um, those those low moments. I would agree with Austin when he came on. He said that 
There are not, there's not a single moment that defines you in a positive or a negative way. Um, and, and for me, it was over a course of like four years. Um, and it was the moments that, that led into it. Um, and going through like, so for me, it was my process of thought. Um, and I think what, what people don't understand is like me as an athlete, um, and playing a sport like football or lacrosse, there's a certain sense of violence and physicality and viciousness to the sport that takes some mental preparation for. Um, and that's something that I myself, uh, I know Austin did, did as well, um, you, you carry that with you. So I'll give you an example of a situation in a game. Um, so for special teams, um, you, you go through the week, you get told who's going to be assigned to block you on the other team. And, you know, I, I don't mean to, like, to keep this real simple for people who aren't <laughs> familiar with football. Like, Thank you. <laughs> the goal is to, from the defensive standpoint, to tackle the guy with a football. And there's a person assigned to not allow you to do your job. Mm -hmm. And to preface it with, for me, is there's four linebackers in our defense. Um, three of them, one of them was 215 pounds, 230 pounds, and 240 pounds, and I was 192. <laughs> yeah. So at a weight um, perspective, I was at a disadvantage. And so what I made up for was in my mindset and how I approached the game. And um, a lot of times it was very vicious and violent, and a lot of preparation went into that. Um, so it was taking that, that person that I was assigned to block or to get through, um, and I'd go through my day, I'd watch film, I'd think about, I'm going to run through this dude's face, mm -hmm. right? And then you go to practice, and you're practicing, I'm going to run through this dude's face. And then you go um, to bed at night, you lay on your pillow, you visualize yourself making plays, you visualize yourself running through that dude's face. And all of that is a continuous mindset that is tough to switch off when you're walking around campus. Um, and then you get to the game on Saturday, um, and you know it was pregame, and I'm letting the dude know what's about to go down. Um, and he's laughing, drawing back, and the first play of the game, um, we kick off and I run through the dude's face mm -hmm. and he goes to the locker room and he's not seen a hurdle for the rest of the game. And the reason I say that is because all of that baggage continues from leading up to the game. It's amplified in the game. And then where the real downfall for me happens is, you know, the, when, when the game ends, you go grab food and drinks with your family and the teammates and you're talking about the game and film comes up and you're watching film and you're just getting that dopamine rush of, yeah, I made these plays and they were violent plays and now you're incorporating alcohol to that mindset and it's just a recipe for chaos, mm -hmm. right? And so taking a look back is my mindset and, and the downfalls 
as we've referred to, there's not a single moment, but a lot of little moments that build up to those single moments. And for me, it was, you know, taking a step back. I wouldn't change anything because that is the decisions I made. Mm -hmm. Um, But the advice I'd give to myself or my younger self or anyone who's having trouble with that is taking time to put a stop around that and really reflecting back um, and and doing things that allow you to release yourself of that mental um, barring yeah um, and really letting go of that at times because it's you know it it's tough to walk around with that chip on your shoulder mm-hmm. and not know how to handle it yeah. um, there's a lot of quotes out there that say you don't rise to the occasion you fall to your preparation mm-hmm. it's the same thing when you're going about your daily life if you're not mentally preparing with healthy mindset and healthy thoughts and filling your brain with good content like this podcast and the back pocket and just things that are going to grow you then when you get confronted with situations that are chaotic and they've been met with chaos then destruction is going to happen yeah so that's so good yeah that that is where (laughs) what brought us yeah that's what brought us here um but i think the the cool aspect like when i go back to what I'm doing now of doing a lot of the distance running is there's no stoppage of play. There's no whistle. Um, It's just continuous. Yeah. And so what it's done for me is really get in tune with my body Mm -hmm. um, and listen to my body in those times of like, okay, my body's feeling good. So I'm going to push it. My body's feeling bad. So I'm going to, I'm going to pull back a little bit. And it, it really came to me is when I was making those decisions is like, I need to do that with my mind. Mm-hmm. And so I need, I, I started journaling. I started really diving into that um, and really taking time to be mentally healthy yeah. and not just physically healthy as well. That's so good. Thank you for sharing. All yeah. that, that's really good. Um, I want to kind of go back to what you were saying about, you know, you said that it took little moments to realize, you know, your pivotal moment or whatever it was. It's not one moment, it's little moments. Um, And you kind of mentioned just how it was hard for you to come out of those mindsets during football and, you know, what that play was going to look like. So I kind of want to ask you about how you came about, you know, thinking this way and how you came about this new sort of mindset that you have now because personally I feel like I I knew who you were when you went to school here and I just kind of remember you being like a football player that was kind of just a lacrosse player and you seemed very confident and so I want to know if like, because I know we've talked about this before that there was a sort of, you know, I don't want to say cockiness because that doesn't sound necessarily nice. But it's true. (laughs) But yeah, so there was like a cockiness about you. And then something had to have happened where you're like, okay, now I need to break down and, you know, reset my values and why why I'm actually here that brought you to this mindset that you have now. Right. So it it definitely is cockiness. I think what we refer to as just like your ego and not having control of your ego. Um, And humility is a big, big aspect of that, which I'll touch on in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I was going through, so a lot of my problems came from 
um, being irresponsible in social environments, like consuming too much alcohol. And um, I'd find myself in situations I wouldn't want to be in. And I had made the decision to early on um, when I wasn't sure, like I wanted to change, I didn't know how, so I started at the root of the like the problem where it took place. And for a long time, I was trying to fix the result. Um, I was like, okay, I, I can't, I don't want this to happen and focusing on like the end situation not occurring again. But if all of the decisions leading up to it are the same, then you're gonna find yourself in similar, if not the same situations as before. And so I just started peeling back and reverse engineering. Okay, how did I get to this situation? And um, my junior year, um, my new year's resolution was to um, be uh, basically be able to kind of control um, how I was going out in social environments. So one thing I was like, I wanna still have fun, but I also want to have control so I said all right I'm going to stick to just drinking beer right so I just I I stuck with that and it was hard um, because that was also my birthday's at the end of January Mm -hmm. and that was my 21st birthday (laughs) and there's uh, the hype around birthdays in general I think is um, I I don't partake in yeah especially that one but it was an opportunity for me to get control over like just being able to say no in yeah. the hardest of situations when people are like, hey, let me buy you this, let me buy you this. Like it was, um, for me, it was really good to have that sense of ownership. And when I was going through the issues, it was a lack of ownership, which caused the unhealthy mindset. So I started peeling back the layers of, okay, I this is the issue that's happening okay, what, what is the very last decision I made before that decision? Okay, consuming alcohol. Okay, how can mm-hmm. we, how can we better um, control that environment? And then I get to the point, okay, it's not the alcohol because I'm still, I'm making better decisions, but I'm still a little unhappy with um, my mental and how I'm thinking about things. And that's where it goes back to, it's the Aristotle quote, I believe, or something where it says, uh, sow a thought, reap a habit, or sow a thought, reap an action, sow an action, reap a habit, sow a habit, reap a character. And it's just like reverse engineering that into, okay, so my daily thought process wasn't good. Um, And what really switched for me was when I was trying to make this transition of making better decisions. And it was after my 21st in the month of February sometime where we were sitting on the couch at my house um, and I was just there with a few of my roommates. And um, I don't know how the conversation got brought up, but they just expressed how proud they were of me. And it really, it really made me feel good about the path that I was going down, even though I was littered with mistakes. Yeah. Um, it just, like when people voice how they can see a change in you or at least like see that you are making the attempt, yeah. it puts a lot of strength in you to continue to go down that path. Um, and that's why I think it's so like, it's great what you're doing here. And I think more people should just do it in general is like expressing that encouragement um, which is not something that I was always good at. 
Um, my sister, Erin, who is gearing up for her senior season at uh, Marquette for the women's lacrosse team, she sent me a quote the other day about integrity and about climbing the mountain and about how everyone wants to be helicoptered to the top of that mountain. But nobody wants to pray, uh, pay the price that it takes to climb that mountain and learn the lessons that it takes to learn those lessons. Yeah. And for me, it was always about, I need to get to the top of the mountain. I don't care who's in my way. I'm either going to run through you, I'm going to get you out of my way, but I'm going to get to the top of the mountain. And what I've realized is that there's room for everybody on the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that everyone's going to have the same or... Uh, the same level of difficulty or the same path, um, but you not getting to the top of the mountain doesn't affect me getting to the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot easier to let go of that anger and um, that competition of ego to help you get to the top of the mountain too in whatever capacity that you need um, with not totally the understanding that it's going to be reciprocated back, but you should just do it in general. But knowing that somewhere along the line, you're going to need help too, and that it's really going to allow you to grow as well. Yeah. And so like trying to do it on your own and being solo and knocking people down isn't the best way to do it. Yeah. And so when I made the transition to um, a healthier mindset, I just noticed it. Um, and when I was going for those runs, I was, it was something I'd never done. I was going longer distances and it gave me an opportunity to meditate and just get all the garbage out of my head, just like journaling, just allowed me to have thoughts come and go. And I'd come away from those experiences um, just mentally free. It just like, it felt really good to just get all of it out there. And so I think that's where the transition started is just when I started paying attention to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you, um, so you said too, with your roommates saying that they are proud of you, did you feel like the way that, the way your mindset was and the way that you were maybe acting was affecting the people around you? Totally. Totally. And you know, they, they say this all the time when you're in sports. Um, they talk, or even just being a part of a university, that when you step off campus, you are wearing the University of St. Thomas, or you're wearing your family's name that, yeah. that stays with you, so you're not just representing yourself. You're representing other people. And to an immature person like I was, it doesn't really sink in it's like I, I'm I make my own decisions it's what I want to do okay you don't control what I yeah. do and I think it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning of being on that path and, and getting halfway or somewhere deep in in those miles and reflecting back and understanding the clarity because when you go through that time you you have clarity and vision on what you've done in the past um, and so when they, when they said they were proud of me, it was that opportunity for me to sit back and reflect and like, felt good yeah. to make them proud. I want to keep making them proud yeah. because they don't want to go out or go on and be like, Hey, your roommates with that guy, yeah. that guy stinks. Like, that's not fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the same way with your family. Like you don't want, 
Like, I want my sister, my younger sister, to be proud to say, that's my older brother. Like, that's what has motivated me over the last year to really dive into becoming more. Yeah, that's so powerful because I think people sometimes, we, as a society, I would say a lot of people are like, you do you. Like, yeah. live your life for you. And I love what you said about, you know, climbing that mountain and realizing that there's room for everybody. And that actually, rather than just focusing selfishly on yourself, that helping other people and lifting others up is going to help you in the end, but it's also going to help them and create a better community as one as well. And just create kind of surrounding yourself with like-minded people like we've talked about and talking with these people and realizing that it's so important to be a good person yourself but not just be like I'm gonna do me and not care about what everyone else thinks around me totally and the amount of energy that gets wasted um Mike Posner I love this man this man is an inspiration but he talked about how he, one of his mentors, the th he doesn't hate anything. Um, he loves everything. And what he does is he surrounds his things, himself with things that to use, he, he does really hate, but he shows way more love and compassion toward it. So one of the examples he used was, I, I don't mean to get political, but he, he, put it, he put a picture of Donald Trump on his wall and he framed it and hangs it in his living room and he says, I love this picture. I love this man. And just like, it's not worth having this bar around your, your heart and around your mind that it's just, there's so much energy that gets drained out of you mm -hmm. when you spend your time focusing on the negative and focusing on why you dislike something. Yeah. And so when you can show more love and show more compassion, um, just it's easier. Yeah. And not to say I'm perfect at it because it's freaking hard. Yeah. Um, so hard. But that is that is the process of trying to learn that. It's so true. I mean, I saw something once that was like, when are we all going to realize that we're on this earth to love? Yeah. Like there is, when you realize that your world is a lot better than you think it is or that you know if you just change your perspective on things your life becomes better and if you just decide I'm gonna be happy about this or I'm gonna find the good in this because it's super easy too and I've talked about this a million times to take our downfalls our mistakes our you know fuck-ups whatever it is and be like gosh like that sucks and just sit there and wallow in it but the minute we decide like you've said to be like okay but that was a learning moment I needed to go through that in order to grow and move forward then that's the moment that those those things may seem horrible but in the whole scheme of things they're actually great right because they create who we are today right and it it brings up a good point to that is that vulnerability as it stands alone is not good it's not bad it's not a strength it's not a weakness mm -hmm. it's how you choose to view and use it um, everyone's vulnerability like my vulnerability at um, improperly used makes me um, very weak because I use it in a way that's not healthy or beneficial to my growth. But when I can view it as something that I can use, um, it molds me and with everyone out there who um, finds themselves 
um, struggling, it's, it's when you choose to view it and use it to your strength, it will bring you to places that you never imagined and bring you to surround yourself with people like you and I, we got to know each other by having those conversations yeah. and you will, you will just drastically change the world that you like view around you. Well, and your opportunities become wider and you meet more people from it from just and I talked about this on my last episode that it doesn't have to be this big dramatic thing it doesn't have to be this moment of I'm here and I'm being vulnerable Mm -hmm. it's like just having a conversation with somebody that I mean to be honest with you when you walked up to me I was kind of like I don't know if I want to talk to this guy (laughs) like I I think I started like kind of like this talking to you and I was like yeah so what are you doing now (laughs) and just slowly turned like directly towards you until we were like you know face to face just like so into our conversation but I think when you open up your mind and your heart and realize that people aren't necessarily the box you put them in or they're not necessarily what you might have assumed of them or they could change they could be a different person and the only way you're going to figure that out is if you talk to people and if you open up more instead of just the surface level conversation of yeah how are you like how are you doing what are you doing now like why are you here who do you know it's like no be like yeah how are you really though and i like I think, you know, you said that when I said I wanted to know how you really were, that was good. But I would say that you asking, do you really want to know how I am, was the real key. Because had you not asked that, I would have never said what I said. So people should try that. I mean, you're talking to someone you don't really know. You say, how are you? Well, do you want to know really how I am? Do you want to know about these things I'm doing? Do you want to know about how my life is going? That's going to open up a conversation that you wouldn't normally be able to get to. And and then it just puts the onus on the other person to, mm-hmm. like, if they want to engage in that side of thing, that's fine. Because so I think there's a time and place to have those long-form conversations. Um, I was definitely the person that <laughs> put my hood up on campus or I would yeah. put my headphones in and I wouldn't even be listening to anything. It was just like, <laughs> don't bother me. You know, because there, there are those conversations where it's like, hey, hey, how's it going? Good. Yeah. How's it going with you? Good. Yeah. All right. Glad we had that conversation. For sure. Um, but, yeah, it, it takes time and it takes uh, patience. And, yeah. Um, being able it's to a difference listen. between, like, acknowledging someone. Because I think it's, it's respectful, obviously, if you see someone on campus yeah. or you see someone somewhere, you say, hey, like, yeah. good to see you. You're, like, acknowledging someone. But then there's a total difference between that and engaging with somebody. And the second that you engage with somebody is when you open up your world to hold a whole different thing. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't I wouldn't have met Austin Yoakum if it weren't for you. So it's like you just you become better when you open your heart to many different people and things. And our society teaches us, I think, to be this private, like, no, I'm gonna be cold to you and not tell you anything about my life and I've always been the type of person that wears my heart on my sleeve, and so I will talk to you and open up to you, but you also have to be willing to receive it and willing to do it too. I love that. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, because I remember one of the conversations that we were having where I might have asked you, like, when did this all change or how did this happen? And correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember you saying something to the effect of you were a football and lacrosse player Mm -hmm. and you decided that you didn't want to just be Mark Dowdle the football and lacrosse player you wanted to be more than that and you wanted to have meaning to that 
So if that is still the case, if that was a moment for you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I think it, it's, you know, when I said that, I feel like I was putting more blame on other people pinning me as that. Yeah. Um, but what I've come to realize is that is what I've projected out. Um, and the tough part about it was that I knew I was capable of way more, um, way more depth in thought. Um, there's a quote that's, that says, uh, think deeper, not harder. And so really going in that, um, that, that cave of thought um, and just like a general enjoyment of people. Like I love talking with people. Mm -hmm. um, I'll talk to random strangers all the time. And it, it, that sort of just love for connection, I don't think was getting portrayed. And I was getting um, viewed as the football guy or yeah. the lacrosse guy with the ego on the sleeve. But that is also my, my doing because that is what I projected out. Um, and you know, that, that, that comes with the stigma of playing football. And um, hopefully, like, as I went through that story of how I prepare, that's not just single to me. That's how a lot of guys prepare yeah. and wearing that chip on the shoulder um, so I don't know if that totally, yeah, no, I think that's were. good. And, and just the idea of kind of being put, have a label put on you and that's school. That's, you know, where you are in your life and what you're doing in your life. And so I just thought it was so interesting when you said that, because I was like, that's powerful because people do get labels put on them all the time. And so how do we create this? you know, identity for ourselves that's further than just, oh, he's just a football player. Like, no, maybe he's actually like a meaningful, deep person that cares about certain things and cares about this specific thing and whatever it is. But how do we like stray away from those labels? Yeah. And I think like <clears throat> I could have been doing a lot of making that worse in my own head, but also doing that to other people because I wasn't seeing people for who they were either like yeah. I was seeing them as a label that I had perceived them to be mm -hmm. so if you know if you want other people to perceive you for who you are then you need to start doing that for other people as well so true so you practice what you preach yeah always always um I want to ask you about success and growth okay. because something about you that I remember when we were talking after we met and even when we met too was I think I said something to the effect of like you know you're doing great or like you're crushing it or something like that and you said well I'm always growing I'm always improving I'm not where I'm I want to be yet and I want you to talk about that and how how do you balance this idea I have it written down actually because this is somebody somebody wanted to hear about this and I knew you were the right person to hear to talk on this is how do you strive for more every day but then at the same time appreciate and respect what you have already accomplished um yeah that's a great question and I'm honored that you think that I would <laughs> I don't think I have any jurisdiction to talk about this more than anybody else. Um, sorry, can you repeat that one more yeah. time? Uh, how do you strive for more, but appreciate and respect what you have already accomplished? So the idea of like, 
you're always looking for what's next, right? right? Like, what else can I do? But how do you then appreciate where you are? Yeah, I think there, um, I think it goes to putting myself um, through control, adverse situations. Like, look, I know that there are going to be people that listen to this because um, they're proud of me and they want to hear about me. I know that there are people that have no idea who I am and just want to learn and support you, which is freaking awesome. <laughs> and I also know that there's people that um, may have um, come across me in a way that wasn't the most exciting or happy um, and are going to hear this and be like, ah, he's full of it, which is fine. Mm. All are welcome. One, because it only boosts your ratings and your viewership. <laughs> yeah. um, but two, it throws me into... Um, this, you know, we talk about control chaos and being calm and, and, and having peace of mind isn't removing yourself from those adverse situations. It's finding calm within the storm. And so I know there's going to be people that want to see me grow. I know there's going to be people that um, don't and there's people in between that just don't give a shit mm -hmm. but it's finding um, that helps balance me um, I put myself in situations like um, like this weekend I, I, I want to go out and, and do those miles and do that um, I so I took the van and I slept in it this weekend I slept in it last night just because like like I'm looking for opportunities to humble myself because I know that, um, it, like, like we said, it's, you're always growing. And so how do I find success within that is just finding the calm within the storm because there's always going to be chaos going around. Mm -hmm. Like that is, that is the world that everybody lives in. Um, some is harder than others, but I know that I'm going to meet it, um, with like, I don't know, just the mindset that it's going to happen chaotically and I just need to find peace within that. Yeah. And then how, like, you've had successes in your life and even just what you did last weekend with the race that you ran, how do you, do you take enough time to sit there and be like, I did this and I appreciate that I did this and I'm proud of myself? I do. Um, I don't. I'm trying to learn to do that more because I'm always thinking about what's next. Yeah. I'm always um, thinking about it's not good enough. And I think that was a great opportunity this weekend where I was presented with that of where I didn't get first place. And quite frankly, I don't care. All I kept thinking about is like, I want to be able to run those 30, 31 miles, like confidently and strong. It had nothing to do with the result of winning yeah. But everything to do with, like, um, me, like, growing through that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's nothing wrong with, like, always looking for what's next. It's just a matter of kind of what you said is finding that peace, though, with what has come and, and enjoying where you've been, too. Because it, it could be, like, really dangerous if you're just constantly, like, well, what else can I do? What more can I do? What more can I do? Because then how are you actually reflecting if you're doing that? Totally. Um, yeah, that, that's why I journal a lot. That's yeah. been a big help for me mentally. 
um, it just it allows me an opportunity to do a bunch of different things like reflect on the good experiences that I just went through this weekend um, it allows me to get down the negative thoughts um, one one thing that has really helped me is um, we're all human we all have thoughts that we wish we didn't have um, like sometimes I still there will be occasions where I'll be like, man, it would feel really good to form tackle this person walking by me. <laughs> like, there's that, there is that person in, in me still. Yeah. And what I used to do that I'm learning to do a better job of is not just saying, okay, stop. You can't think that. You can't think that. And trying to dismiss it and get rid of it as soon as possible. What I've learned to do is pay attention to it, accept it, kind of talk to it a little bit. And what I've noticed is those thoughts don't go away completely, but the next time you have them, they are a lot quieter, a lot easier to deal with, and then they start to come back um, less frequently. But when you try and dismiss those thoughts right away about the negativity in the past or things in the past, they only come back louder and they only come back stronger. And so it's making peace with that and connecting to it um, and trying to use it, like we said, vulnerability, use it in a way that's going to make you strong. Yeah, and if you listen to yourself in those moments, you can figure out why you're feeling like that and why you're thinking like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And then you're ultimately just getting to know yourself better. Spot on. Mic drop. Spot on. <laughs> Spot on. It's, yeah, it's, that's how you... That's how you learn about who you are. You have to learn to talk to yourself. Yeah. When it comes to masculinity, and especially coming from a man who has, you know, been in sports, and that is, I'm sure you guys are, you know, kind of encouraged a lot of masculinity and toughness and all these things. When you're learning and going through this, you know, these new mindsets that you've grown with over the past years and trying to do more journaling and do more reading and putting it out there in the world more, being more vulnerable with the world, have you found it to be difficult as a male or is it not really, does it not really work like that? Um, I, that's a, that's a, a big conversation. Um, I haven't found it difficult for myself to do it um, right now. I think I'm in a different place than, it's a lot harder to get started um, because that's not something that gets pushed on to us. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't Brene Brown, which is your, your girl, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it was, it was, it was someone else who was talking about how in middle school or in, this was high school actually, where, um, a relationship, um, between the guy and the girl, um, in later years of high school saw that they were both going to different schools and that they made the best decision would be to break up and the girl had this whole backbone of girls as a support system but this guy um, kept going back to his ex-girlfriend to try and like figure out how he was feeling and um, because he hadn't had that support system that relationship was the first time that he had ever been able to open up that dialogue and really dig deep into those emotions. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's just, I think there's way, there's like 
so many different details that we can dive into that play a part in that. Um, and I think it's just like being able to be open to um, having those conversations and like surrounding yourself. Like Yoakam pushes me to um, grow as a person. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a, a male female thing. I think it's just like a human being thing. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's really about lately listening to the woman's side of thing because I was listening to your podcast with your friend from last week about the safety whistles and the yeah. socks. And um, initially I was like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But then when I thought about it and I thought about like, yeah, that's, that has to be difficult to just walk around with that baggage. Like for me, my baggage um, was all of the stuff that I had control over. Um, and so I could make that transition to get rid of that baggage, but that's not necessarily baggage that you as girls can get rid of. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just made me think that, and my girlfriend does a great job of this, is just like, just listen and yeah. just be open to like, like I'm not saying there is a uh, resolution to that, but yeah. I think just having the understanding that like, man, that sucks. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to help. I don't think I can help other than just like be better for myself and be better for the group of guys I'm around. And then also just like know that's what you go around with and that like you're not there alone. Like yeah. we talked about it, like being on the mountain. You're not mm -hmm. on the mountain alone. Mm -hmm. People are out here, they're gonna show compassion, um, but it starts with just listening. Well, yeah, and I think that's so essential because that was the purpose of sharing that story is to just have people hear it. Because I think, especially even women, because when she shared that, I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that, that that's kind of a weird thing that we have to worry about that. Yeah. It just feels normal. And I think the same thing with men. And and I've I've heard that already from somebody else who listened to the podcast. They were saying the same thing. Like, I almost was like, well, this isn't even that big of a deal. Like, what are you, you know, so worked up about? And it's not even that. It's more just raising awareness and being like, now you know yeah. that we deal with that. And so when you, if you have children or if you are around children or if you're around other young men, men younger than you or even older than you too, you can talk about this yeah. and be like, this is something that goes on and I'm aware of it now and I'm listening, I'm hearing you. So I think that's super important and I'm glad that you said that too because... I think that is universal, that we should all just listen to each other more and just hear each other and respect each other. And it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl. It's just hearing each other out. Right. Um, so you're a coach, too, mm -hmm. at St. Thomas. How do you implement your, you know, mindsets into the men that you work with? That is a tough question. <laughs> Because all of them respond to, all of them have their own perspective that they, um, like they respond to. Um, so it's really on an individual basis and it's on trying to get a better understanding of who they are and how they operate. Um, and one of the sayings we use is coach the kid, not the scheme. 
Mm. So um, you can't think of the player as a piece to the puzzle that just gets replaced if they're hurt or they're struggling or things like that. You have to understand that they are a person first and that you need to um, approach them with that care and concern. Um, and it was tough for me to do that. Um, you know, I was working my busy job as well. And so I'd come into practice and really be focused on the football side of things. And I didn't have a ton of time to really sit down and talk to those guys. Um, but that is what I'm doing right now. It's just like, I want to get to know them um, and get to know them on a personal level, level so that um, I can impact, you know, we talk about the 22 hours. You're in two hours of practice a day. How are you spending those 22 other hours? Mm. You got to sleep. You got to eat. Okay. What other decisions are you making that's going to um, allow you to come to practice with a healthy mindset? Because I was not doing that. I was handling that very poorly, and it found me in situations where I was getting in trouble and um, being disrespectful, and it just wasn't the person that I wanted to be. And so now that I have that sight and that clarity, I can now help those kids who are lost, like me, whether it's in school, um, whether it is in football, um, whether it's with their family or their friends or just anything, like I wanna help them through that because I've been in a place that's painful and I'm starting to get out of that. Mm -hmm. And if I can bring other people along on that way, like don't start when you're out of college start when you're in college and affect yeah. the people around you that's like that whole even new year's resolution thing and i wonder what your thought is on this that you don't have to wait for january to start right just start tomorrow right and you said the one thing i remember you said when we talked in the arc office that one day was oh what was it it was about like i can quit tomorrow oh it was uh don't quit today quit tomorrow yeah like if you if it's really hard right now, just do it now and be like, all right, I can quit tomorrow. I'll take the whole day off tomorrow. And I'm not saying this will work for everyone, but for me, it was like, if I can get through right now and put the best effort I have for today forward, then tomorrow, I know that alarm clock goes off and you're going to get up and you're going to go through your day and you're going to do it again. Knowing that, hey, if, I, if I'm not feeling it today, just Go through it. You have tomorrow. Take the whole day off tomorrow if you really want to. But it's just like you're going to have low moments, and you got to just ride those out and put your best foot forward and and wait for that next big, like, gust of wind to carry you and yeah. propel you forward. Yeah. It's like your mindset is so important. I feel like it's just essential in what you do every day, and everybody should practice where their mind is and how that's impacting their life and just I don't know I, I can't preach how important it is to just have this mindset of like I want to be better and I want to grow and how am I going to take the steps to do that because you can stay stagnant you can just sit there and do nothing or you can take one step towards your goal every day it's like that building block thing yeah. wasn't that you and Mark yeah. that I talked about <laughs> yeah that? the uh or laying the bricks, yeah. the foundation. Um, yeah, there was, um, I forget his name. I was listening to him the other day. He's got a book on habits. Um, but he said that if you're finding struggle in 
forming a better habit or forming a better lifestyle, do the bare minimum. What can you do in two minutes? So one of the examples you use, like if you want to be healthier um, fitness wise and one of your goals is to run more, um, all you have to do is put on your shoes, lace them up, step out the door and lock the door. Do that. You don't even have to go for a run. But if you want to be a person that consistently goes for runs, you have to get in the habit of doing the thing that's mindless, right? Yeah. What's mindless is going home, turning on the TV and just kind of sitting there. And then you sit two hours later and you've watched hours of Netflix and you've done nothing. But if you can become the person that ties up their shoes, goes outside and locks the door, chances are you're going to continue on for the run. And the easy part is just putting on your shoes and getting out the door. Yeah. And isn't it interesting when you break it down like that, it seems so simple. So simple. Like you're just literally putting shoes on and walking out the door. Easy. And then you're like, well, shit, I'm already out the door. I might as well just go run. Yeah. It's so, like, I think our brains, we we can get so wrapped up in, well, I'm going to be running and I'm going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to be tired and I don't have time and I have this, this, and this. But it's like we as humans probably need to just break things down more and mm -hmm. say, well, if I just start here then it's going to lead to this, this, and this. But I just have to start with the smallest bare minimum. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. You just have to get in the habit of preparing to do it. <laughs> Put on your shoes. Exactly. And then you just you can turn back around and, you know, yeah, start over. Yeah. 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 And, like, I said this to my friend the other day. I'm like, just start waking up 30 minutes earlier every day, right? So start with one week. You wake up 30 minutes earlier than you do right now. Yep. Because she's the type of person who wakes up kind of late, and she was texting me, and she's like, I want to, you know, start a routine. I want to get into this kind of morning routine. She listened to my podcast, and she's like, but I don't think I can wake up at 6.30 every day. I'm like, no one said you had to wake up at 6.30 yeah. every day. That's my choice. Yeah. I do that. I don't think you have to. But start with 30 minutes earlier. Then you have 30 extra minutes to do something with your day. You could read. You could write. You could do a 30-minute exercise. You can do whatever it is that that 30 minutes you didn't have before right. and then maybe after two weeks you're feeling good about that start you know push it back another 30 minutes yeah and i think it is so crazy because people just get in their minds that they have to say oh i'm tomorrow i'm going to start being a person who wakes up at 5 30 a.m it's all or nothing yeah. yeah and it's like no no one said that just take a step towards your goal every day and then you'll eventually get to your goal or set a goal if you want to but you don't have to make giant changes. Just make small changes every day, and ultimately you'll see results. Roger that. <laughs> uh, I feel like we kind of just went out of order. We didn't really have our questions, like, perfectly Probably put together. But I think we did. Yeah, yeah, that was really impressive. I've never had that before where... I like that you just kind of were like, I know the next question, and it ties with this I really mean, well. I you, you sent them out. Exactly. Yeah, it makes it easy. It does. Yeah. Um, but I just think that your story is so interesting, and I know that there's people, like you said, out there that may have a perception of you that is now maybe not true any longer, and... I think it's cool to see how you've evolved and how you changed. And I think so many people can relate to this because you see your, you know, change and you see your mistakes and you see your faults and you know that you still have faults and you'll still make mistakes and you're still growing and doing all those things. However, 
how much you've changed and what you've done to do that is really inspiring. And I think that people are going to really be able to relate to this. I appreciate that. Um, I'm happy that it's getting perceived like that through your eyes. Um, that's the hope. Um, I'm definitely not perfect. Like you just said, like I'm still making mistakes um, that I wish I wasn't. But it's only encouraging me to continue um, to clean up and, and tie up those loose ends. And um, like, like I said, like if I, you know, we talk about like posting to social media, it's not necessarily, because you had talked about this in one of your other podcasts about like, oh, we're posting everything and it's, um, it's diving into lack of conversation. Um, the way that I'm utilizing it right now is like, I'm just sharing what I love doing and I'm sharing how I'm growing within that. And if that presents an opportunity to have one person out of the hundred people out there that look at it, if it, it, if it affects one person to think differently about themselves, then that's all that matters. Yep. And so like, then that one person can, um, start to build on growing themselves and they'll affect one person. It's, it's just that butterfly effect of affecting, um, I don't think it actually is a butterfly effect, but just affecting and impacting one person. Well, and it, it ties right back to breaking it down to a smaller scale. Totally. We all think that we have to have 7 billion followers on Instagram and need to be impacting the entire world, and it's just not true that you can impact one person, two people, five people, whatever it is, and you're already making a difference in the world. Right. Because, and the, the second that people realize that it's just as important to impact a small scale as it is a big scale, we'd have a better world. Because people are so distraught with the fact that they can't talk to 700,000 people. You don't have to. Yeah. And you're not gonna necessarily reach 700,000 people even if that's your following. Right. You're going to reach those people that care about you and that want to listen to you first. And maybe eventually more people will join in and they'll, you know, take on everything that you're saying, but maybe they won't. I, I, I think to tie it off too is like, we're not doing anything that's that cool. <laughs> like <laughs> to put our egos in check, like we're not doing anything that nobody else isn't already doing oh. or could even do better than what we're doing. Like we're sitting in the library recording a podcast that like, um, like we're talking about my story that which like, I don't think is that cool. Like, like I do, but I don't at the same time, like people think that they need to have this cool story. It's just like, do what you love doing. Yeah. Like you will inspire people by just putting your best foot forward and engaging with people and things that bring you happiness. Yeah. It's so like find those people that support you and it will reciprocate out to everybody and reciprocate back to you. I completely agree. And I feel like I've heard this, you know, because I've asked people to come on my podcast and everyone always says the same thing. Or not everyone, but most people are like, I don't have an interesting story. We all have an interesting story. Because it's unique to you. Exactly. Everybody's story means something and it's interesting. And who you are today matters because of your story. Totally. And somebody out there is going to be able to relate to this. Like, 
personally, probably if I was, you know, listening to certain things, there are people out there that I don't necessarily relate to, but I can still learn something from them. Like, is my story just like yours? Hell no. no. We have very different stories. But I learn something from you every time I talk to you. So, like... I think people get so wrapped up in just what you said that you have to have this impeccable, amazing, interesting, crazy story when in reality your story is similar to someone's or it at least has something in it that's going to resonate with someone. And it doesn't matter what it is, but you should put it out there and you should talk about it because you might make a difference. Right. My story is not unique to people. I mean, there's a lot of people that went through the same thing I went through. And I could say the same thing, that it's not unique. It might be interesting, but it's not unique. But it's It's unique to you, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's your story. Exactly. Yeah. And it's making a difference to people out there. And sharing other people's stories making a difference. And so everybody has the opportunity to do that. Right. Big takeaway, page and mark, not cool. No, we're not that cool. We, you know, we, you might think we are right now, but yeah. we got to just We're going to look know. back and be like, wow, ah. he's <laughs> They're average. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, just sitting in a library, shooting the shit, yeah. you know, trying to make the world a better place, but we're not as... If we don't... Who cares? <laughs> we're making ourselves happy. <laughs> okay, so how do you stay mentally healthy now? A lot of journaling, um, the running aspect and the endurance stuff has really helped me just because it breaks me down in such a way that just um, allows me to think and reflect and I use it as meditation. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to do, I say trying, I haven't done, but I'd, I would like to start meditating where I just sit and um, Austin has an app for me to use. But, like, actually take the time to just sit still. Yeah. Um, I'm very on That's the go. That's really hard for you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. Um, but I know that it's a, it's an opportunity for me to grow in some capacity um, or another. And so I'd like to take the time to do that. Um, but right now it's a lot of writing, um, journaling, um, being open to just, like, failing and putting myself in opportunities of adversity and um, understanding that the reflection piece of like the old stuff and looking forward and having that foresight of just like knowing that continuing on this path is a healthier choice. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, journaling and meditating as best I can, but I don't know. When you journal, do you... um write about your day or like how does your process kind of look with that it's chaotic as the thoughts in my head are very chaotic um it really it's when I'm thinking and I can't get thoughts out of my head I just put pen to paper and I write um sometimes I will write pages and pages sometimes it'll be a paragraph or a couple sentences or a couple key phrases. Um, I like to write about quotes that I hear um, and Rich Roll. Yeah. Yeah. Rich Roll's You my got dad. me hooked on Yeah. Him. He's awesome, isn't so he? So good. Yeah. His voice is so sweet. <laughs> it's kind of like yours a little bit too, like just low and like very matter of fact. I don't know. He's, he's very methodic. Yeah. Um, very intelligent. Yeah, he is. 
but he has a lot of intelligent like conversations um, with people that are just open to sharing their story. Um, so that's a, actually a big way of where I've focused my growth in is um, through that. But yeah, just, I don't know, just when things are on your mind, just get them on paper, get them out of your head. Yeah. And people sleep on that. Like they don't think that that's as important as it is, but a lot of anxiety, all that stuff comes from just your brain going a million miles a minute and not being able to just like get things out. Right. It's so essential. And I think people don't ever know how to start journaling. They're like, how do I start? But I love the idea of just put a pen in your hand, open up a notebook, and just see where it goes. Yeah. Because you never know. It doesn't have to be a cute notebook. It just, like, just go buy one. Yeah. And put pen to paper. Yeah. Because it's so, and it's more important than typing. Like, your yeah. neurological connection between, like, your hand and your brain and actually writing it out, there's so much more that goes into that than typing. The perfection, I think, goes away. Like, you're just able to write whatever you feel. Yeah, and you're not, like, you're not thinking when you write. You're just writing. Yeah. You shouldn't feel like you have to overthink. Just let thoughts come and go. Even if it's chaos, just put the chaos on paper so it's not in your head. Mm-hmm. You can do, like, drawings. I sometimes draw. Yeah, it's simple. Diagrams. Like, yeah. This is where your brain is going. Yeah. <laughs> you're headed towards turmoil. And yeah. for people who are struggling to get started, like one of the examples that they use, like tying your shoes and just going out the door, just get a notebook, get a pen, and every day go home and just go to that desk. You don't even have to write anything. Mm-hmm. Just go to the notebook, sit there, and if you don't write anything, fine. But do it consistently, and then eventually you'll just get in the routine of making that habit mindless yeah. and it'll just, it's not going to be easy, but no. you got to put yourself in the situation to actually do it. True. Can't, you can't keep like thinking you're going to do something. You got to actually put action to and it. And that's exactly what I need to do with meditation. I got to stop talking <laughs> yeah, come about on. it. I know. Um, so Hold I get, you accountable now for that. Yeah. Even if it's like five minutes tonight or a minute, it'd be 30 seconds. Yeah. Like just. Or just get there. Yeah. Sit, sit. there. You don't even have to meditate. No, much. just good. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. you're awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having I me. I think you'll have to be back eventually. Yeah. You know? We, uh, at the end of this year. Yeah. Next year. I don't know. Yeah. End of 2020. Got a big year coming up. Yeah, I think you do. You have a really big year coming up, so I feel like we need to hear from you again. We need, like, an update. Update. End of the year. 2020. 2020. Going into 2021. We are, we, are we going Boachella 2020? I, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm there this yeah, year. I had a wedding last year, so I couldn't go. Oh, man. My sister's wedding. It was okay. kind of an important one. But, yeah, I'm, I'm in for Boachella. Okay. I think we're going to tear it up. Oh, we're going to tear it up. Yeah, I got to get the back pocket guys on this, too. Yeah, where where are they? Well, Declan's I don't know. gone Declan's right in now. Thailand, yeah. so I can't text them yet. But if they're if Andrew's listening... Come on. It's coming, Andrew. Come on. It's coming. You guys are next. And Mark Amick. Yes. Got to get the whole group yeah. in. Yeah. Just some insightful men <laughs> in your group. It's really awesome. They're very inspiring guys. They so are. it's good. Well, thank you. That's a wrap for episode 10 of the It's Hard podcast with Mark Dowdle. Isn't that just awesome? He's a great person with so many inspiring things. I'm feeling so energized after my conversation with him and just ready to tackle 
the day um, and tackle the rest of the week and everything that is to come. He's already, you know, putting ideas in my head for 2020 and how I should start thinking about wrapping up the end of the year. I just love his ability to challenge me and everyone around him and help others grow. I think he's a great person for all of that. Very inspiring. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please, as always, follow me at, on Instagram at It's Hard Podcast. You can follow Mark on Instagram. I'll throw his handle below. Um, he posts, posts very inspiring things every day and posts a lot of updates about his runs and everything that he does. So it's he's a really cool person to follow as well. Um, also follow my audio guy, Andy B. Yerk, on Instagram. He rocks, and he's the reason that this podcast sounds the way it does and that it is a little bit faster paced and doing better. So thankful for you, Andy. And just, yeah, anything else, just let me know. DM me with any questions, and we'll see you next Monday.